Welcome to True and Unpolished. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, amuse, and inspire you to create more of a life you'll love. Let's get authentic, everybody. Carrie, you're back. I am. Yay. I couldn't be more excited. Thank you guys for having me back. Are you kidding me? We're, we're so excited. So we're, happy. <laughs> we had a call on Monday and she told me and I was like, oh my God, you're kidding. Carrie's on this week. <laughs> so great. So much fun. We are very, very grateful to have you. And bonus, you are the first guest with the new format. Oh my gosh. What did I do to deserve that? I'm honored. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> well, you're our guinea pigs. So. <laughs> this is going to be amazing or completely terrible. That's what we want to say. No, I'm teasing. It's, it's going to be amazing. amazing. Of course it is. So you are here to talk to us about the shadow and mm-hmm. shadow work. I am. And this is a great month to talk, to talk about it since we are in what my colleague calls spooky season, which happens to be my favorite time of the year. Yeah. And I love Halloween. Um, but shadow work is not only about dark shadows. We'll get to that in a second. Um, but kind of my story with shadow work is when I first started doing dream work, which I'll know I do about 20 years ago, I started to learn about this concept of union psychology called the shadow. Mm-hmm. And I went to some workshops on it and I was like, uh, I kind I kind of understand it, but I don't really understand it. And the angle from dream work is that our shadow appears in our dreams in order to help us integrate it. Mm-hmm. But what does that mean? So the best resource I want to share Um, that helped me with shadow is uh, the dark side of the light chasers. It's a book by Debbie Ford. Um, Debbie Ford has um, passed on to another realm, but that book made it click for me. And so now I'm like, oh, it's so easy to at least know what the shadow is. Even if you don't know what to do or don't always see your shadow, Mm -hmm. um, that book really puts it in a framework. So In brief, the shadow is all the parts of us that we have pushed down into the unconscious and that have not risen up into the light to be integrated with the parts of us that are active. A super easy example is if you're raised uh, where you are picked on or denigrated um, by kids at school, let's say for me as an American girl, um, I didn't fit in, I didn't feel beautiful early on, then I start to push down the idea, the beautiful part of myself Mm. and raise up into the light, the idea that I am not beautiful. Mm. And so then that becomes my story and the other part is hidden. So our work is to discover the parts of us that are, for, for lack of a better word, hidden and how we can come to know them and bring them up into the light to be seen and processed. And The other concept of the shadow that's super important to remember in the spiritual community is that, and another way to kind of remember what it is, is that we all have everything in us, everything. I could probably commit a murder just as easily as anybody else. I need to understand that I'm not better than somebody else just because their circumstances and their story led them to do that. Now y'all understand I'm not condoning violence or murder, but compassion. Yeah. Um, and so 
one thing that Debbie Ford talks about in, in her book is how to name different parts of your shadow. Um, there's an old Saturday Night Live skit you may or may not remember called Debbie Downer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the like, I don't, SNL skits keep coming up for me these days, like whether I'm doing a homily or something, I'm like, yeah, they're just great. And so if you name it like, um, oh God, scaredy Sarah or something like, then you can connect with that part of yourself that's like operating under the surface. Yes. And so I love that trick. Yes. Um, and can so, I, I want to tell you that my nickname is Debbie Downer, but go ahead. Okay. That's what my husband <laughs> Your calls nickname me. is Debbie Downer? <laughs> well, it's what my husband calls me. Oh, <laughs> ouch. I know. It's true. It doesn't seem like you, but okay. It's true. So what, what I would say for the shadow is it's obviously the parts of ourselves that we cannot see. We can see the shadow in anybody else. Mm-hmm. easily amen and so mm-hmm. the the thing the way that you figure out what your shadow is is whatever elicits a response in you mm-hmm. and so if it's a very negative emotional response then you have hit on the dark shadow and if it is a positive emotional response then you have hit on the bright shadow, which is something that you mentioned a minute ago. That is such a great tool, Mary, because that is really true. You, I was thinking judge and it's, if we judge either negatively or positively somebody else, what we're judging. So if I think you're just the funniest and most beautiful thing ever, then that is my light shadow. And if I think that you are, you know, an idiot or don't know what you're talking about, then that is my dark shadow. You know, it's so it's what we judge, you know, and that is what elicits that response. Oh, I love that tool. I love that tool. So well, well judgment isn't always negative either. Right. so it's a positive judgment or a negative judgment but either way it's what elicits that intense emotional reaction yes yes and so that's the perfect way okay both of you that was perfect thank you that that's the perfect way to do shadow work Mary like you said when you walk around in the world and you're like god it drives me crazy when my coworker does that you really need to stop and say where in me is, let's say that person lies, you know, where mm-hmm. in my life am I a liar? And the first response of the ego usually is like, I'm not a liar. I'm a good person. Well, yeah, I'm a good person. Does that mean I never lie? No. And so if I start to look about where I lie in my life, then I can withdraw my projection from the coworker right, and start to see and accept. Carl Jung says nothing can be changed unless it is first accepted so then I can accept that I am a liar sometimes and then I can begin to do the work of integration and sometimes my dreams will come in and help me with that so Carrie I and in true to our new form I have a question for you okay what would you say is a true or unpolished moment for you in regards to owning your shadow or not owning your shadow? 
this is going to sound, whatever I'm about to say, I'm sure this is my shadow speaking, but <laughs> I, I this feel is your shadow speaking. I'm here now. <laughs> step out, Carrie, step on shadow. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk about bright shadow actually, because um, yeah, and be vulnerable to that. I learned mm. this piece some years ago and I really tend to project like almost worshipfully, if you will, on figures that I admire for their talent, their honesty, their integrity. Um, and it's in different areas of life, like leaders in the church or rock musicians or friends. And I really try to pay attention to that bright shadow, like that, that notification, if you will, Mary, that you were saying yeah. like, ding, ding, you just just project it all over that person and yeah. try to look in myself for where those things are. And so I that's, think mm-hmm. that's interesting. I, I want to hear more, but I, I will vouch for Carrie. This is very true. She, but, uh, but as a friend, <laughs> it's really such a lovely um, <laughs> gift because she's so generous with her compliments in the, in this regard. So, but tell us more about that. And I mean it. <laughs> it's true. I know it's, it's generous and genuine. It really is. It's a, such a gift. Lisa, to continue the friend line, when Mary and I first met, and we've probably talked about this a little bit on here before, I think I can speak for you, Mary, to say we were both looking for kind of what our call is in life and what, what we're meant to be, what we were created to be. And I feel mm-hmm. like Mary was sent as a companion on the journey. Actually, yeah, I, um, this is slightly different, but I just had the aha of what shadow story that I would tell. And it's Good, a dream. It. Yeah. So when I was working um, at a church in South Carolina, the leader of that church was let go very suddenly after 11 years of service. And he had been the one that had hired me. And I looked up to him and I was hoping that he would notice me and see something in me that would propel me forward in my newly desired career in the church. Mm -hmm. And when he was let go, it shook me to the core. And y'all usually, I'm pretty lucky. I'll just be like, well, God, that was horrible. That was a terrible thing, but I'll just kind of rally and all right, see who's going to be the next boss and we'll just keep going. I went to the doctor. I was so shaken because my blood sugar would like, I would get the Mm -hmm. shakes and, and they said, well, I hate to tell you this, but, and I said, you think it's just stress? And they were like, yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I had a dream that led me to understand in a huge way that I could not look to others to do for me or create in me what is in me. The dream was about the person who had been let go. And I was um, a Cinderella. I'm getting goosebumps right now. This was like 10 years ago or more. Um, I was a Cinderella figure in the dream and I was Mm -hmm. guiding him. And I was in like the rags, you know, mode of Cinderella, the the servant mode. Mm -hmm. And I was guiding him and he, we were going to go north together with other people, tears falling down. And I did some work on that. And in the real Cinderella y'all, and I didn't know this, she waters the, her mother's grave, a tree, 
a tree growing on her mother's grave with her tears. I think the tree, mm. the tree grows out of the tears. Wow. So I don't want to get too far off track, Yeah. but the point is that the dream really nailed that lesson home for me. And I have never forgotten it. I mean, that is, yeah, I still fall prey to it. You're human. But I think is that Cinderella sort of story is an, I mean, it is an archetypal symbol that most people have some awareness of or some connection to. And, um, and it's so true for all of us. We all have that part of ourselves, you know, to me, this is all about the gestalt, which means that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm. And so the more that we recognize these parts of ourselves, the more we're whole already, but the more whole we become. So yeah, you become more fully embodied. And mm-hmm. this is, of course, this is what happened today, but my husband and I did couples counseling and I literally said that quote to him. I said, we can't change. You can't change what you won't acknowledge. <laughs> and it was because, and, and literally like through something happened with him and I recognized it because it's my shadow. I did it for mm-hmm. a long, long time. And I shared that and I was saying, you know, this is me too. Like, and we spent, we had the most wonderful thing. Cause he, you could see it since he just, he didn't want to look at it. He didn't want to fully acknowledge. It, it was like, the, I'm just afraid to let this come up to the light. But when he did, it was so wow. powerful. Like it oh. was beyond powerful. So, you know, I just would say to people, when you start to do this work, don't be afraid of your shadow. Your shadow is like here to save you. Like you, you, as Mary was talking about with, you know, I see it as fully embodied. You cannot fully embody your life or yourself until you acknowledge all those parts. Yes. I love that Lydia, that you're not whole without your shadow. Cause here comes Mary, which has <laughs> talked about this. So Peter Pan lost his shadow. We're <laughs> lucky we have ours, but he spends the whole time trying to get his shadow back. Ugh. And that makes me want to go read, you know, the story again and do some, some deeper thinking on that. Oh, he is trying to get his shadow back. Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh. He tries to like glue it to his feet or the, the one movie I liked is an obscure version of the Peter Pan, but I think he's trying to stick it on with soap. Wendy tries to sew it on. Oh, yeah. But it's lost and separated. So Lydia uh, said, don't be afraid to do it. And I know that she meant, don't be afraid to do it and do it anyway. Anyway, yeah, you're going to be, you're going to be afraid. <laughs> yeah. 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 Because it's scary. And I think that's important too, to recognize that it is painful and difficult and scary. And it's the kind of thing that you won't regret doing anyway. I mean, there's some kind of fear that is meant to stop us, you know, like Mm -hmm. fear is meant to protect us when we're in danger. So it tells us to fight or flee, Mm -hmm. but this is the kind of fear that we should walk through Mm -hmm. so that we can get to the other side of it. So we can see the bright, so we can move through the darkness. Yeah. Yeah. It's ego fear. I think And the other kind of fear is more lizard brain 
-hmm. protective. But Mary, I was just thinking, you know, our episode we did on the Enneagram. I mean, the Enneagram is shadow work. The first time that Riso and Hudson put out their book, Personality Types, not the Blue Bible, they said Mm -hmm. people threw it against the wall because they were angry. Uh And so when you start reading about yourself, when you've hit on your type and you get, you either laugh or, you know, because it's true recognition or get mad or upset. Like, I don't want to be that. Right. Right. And that's a good sign. Mm -hmm. Right. That's what I tell people when they're Uh they're looking at their Enneagram is it's, it's usually the one that you don't want to be the one that gives you like a kick in the gut. Right. That's so true. And that's what it is. It's about that. And even if you feel the fear first, the more you do it, the more you do begin to laugh at it and you start to want to have that feedback. Like I used to say to my husband, I'm not in this place anymore, <laughs> but I oh used to say gosh. to him, I'd say, tell me something you don't like about me. So since you brought that up, Lydia, can we talk about the create more part of this? Absolutely. So, so how do you, how do you create more integration of the shadow side so that, that you feel more whole? Uh, yeah, you know what came up for me, uh, Lydia, when you said you begin to laugh at it. So I told you guys at the beginning of the episode that I love Halloween. And I heard a sermon once where uh, the priest said, Halloween is amazing because it's the one time of the year that we can laugh at the darkness. Mm. But to me, mm. it's more than one time of year. It's um, like you said, okay, look what Halloween has turned into like real ghosts, real vampires, real bats, all that stuff's real scary. But now we have like these cute little bats and pumpkins <laughs> and ghosts and stuff. And I just love them. But I think that's kind of a great metaphor for how you do go through, you keep going, you go through, um, afraid maybe, I mean, for me, absolutely, absolutely afraid. And, but knowing that it's the right thing to do. And then I, what you said just made me start to see it transform in front of my eyes. So to me, a cute little ghost hanging from a tree at Halloween would be like the integrated version between the real scary ghosts and like Pollyanna, if that makes sense. Yeah. 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 You just struck me as metaphorical. What do I do? But (laughs) yeah. And I will say too, that it reminds me of that fear and recognizing it's for you to walk through. What came to me was the Joseph Campbell quote that says, you know, the deepest, darkest cave where you're afraid to enter, you know, where the dragon is, your treasures in that cave and Mm. you go for it there. Uh, And I would say that the way that i have created more and I'm still working on creating more is uh, I can say it in the form of an example. So at a long, long time ago, I was dating someone who had an identical twin and the identical twins, you know, girlfriend, there was this odd, you know, obvious kind of thing where I would compare myself to her because she was literally Mm -hmm. dating the identical twin (laughs) of the person I was dating. And she was so easygoing and she would laugh so easily. And I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I really wish that I could be that. And then as I started to do more shadow work, more, okay, I will look at this part of me. I will look at the liar part. I will look at the part that hiding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And what happened is I started to laugh easily and often and I became laid back. And then I noticed and I went, oh my gosh, 
so cool. I'm her at the thing that I wanted to be, but it wasn't because I tried to be her. It was because I was committed to being me. You know, I was mm-hmm. committed to be, mm-hmm. being the best version of myself. And that meant looking at the shadow. Wow. How about you, Mayor? How are you going to create more? So I am really good at, I'm, I'm very insightful. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm, I, that's not a joke. <laughs> but laughing, not because you're not insightful, but y'all, this is so mayor. This is so her. And <laughs> but go, go, go. Right, right. Um, that's why we're laughing. So, <laughs> so I really am very insightful. But the problem with that is that I can get stuck on my insight. Mm. And that becomes very problematic because I can become melancholy mm-hmm. and the, quite frankly depressed in that insight to be mm-hmm. able to recognize all these dark parts of myself. So for me, sometimes in order to be effective and to have peace, what I have to do is distract myself from oh, my own insight my own yeah. really wonderful gift of yeah. insight and and so distracting myself means exercise or hanging out with my friends um doing anything creative and um I've, I really like gardening too so it's any any of those things that get my mind off of myself really yeah. Yeah. and I think it's so important to hold you know, hold both of those opposites at the same time. So it's good Mm. to be able to look at ourselves. It's also good to take a break from looking at ourselves. Ourselves. That's so true. That's That's so so well said, Mary. We we don't want to become obsessed, right? Don't want to be obsessed either way, especially with ourselves or with anything. And so um, in that transformation lies in the middle way. Yeah. So I love what you just said that really... Yes. And I'll tell you that I just said something very similar in that therapy session. (laughs) I realized that I'm, I am insightful and that I've been doing this, you know, work and self-exploration work. And so I'm very bossy with it. It's like, I can see, like you said, it's real easy to see other people's shadow. You know, we can see it real clearly. And so I'll see it and I'll know the way out. And so I will sit and just be bossy about telling somebody how they need to get out of their own way. And I realized that I'm doing that. And so we came up with strategies, ways, like, and he acknowledged that I'm getting much, much better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but, you know, it's there. And so right. one of the things that you, like, we came up with a strategy where he could say, you know, I just, I just need you to listen right now. I don't need you to fix. I just need mm-hmm. you to listen. You know, that can be my gentle reminder that I'm doing the thing I don't want to do, which is mm-hmm. be bossy, insightful and bossy. Bossy is not a good term. <laughs> bossy is, you know, that's well, I, not what we want to call girls. No, we no. Call them, you know, strong leaders, right. independent. Right. So a better word would be, and I actually did, say this too at first I said aggressive and then I went well no I'm assertive and I can cross the line from assertive which I want to be which in fact that's why he's attracted to me because I am assertive if I wasn't he wouldn't be Mm -hmm. but that assertiveness can cross the line into um 
arrogance and, and aggressiveness. Yeah. Well said. I love that. We all just took a pause. I know that never happened. Well, that sometimes needs to happen mm-hmm. when you're dealing with the shadow. Well, there's the way to create more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the perfect uh, transition there is really, truly, as you said, Mary, um, to work with it. Now, sometimes you need to distract your mind, as you mentioned, and that is completely valid. And then other times, I think it's great to take that shadow image and do something with it, you know, paint it, draw it, you know, it, while thinking about it, while letting it percolate and, and sink a little deeper as it integrates. And I think that's one of the keys is just hold on to that. You know, I, I am a liar in some places in my life. Let me just hold on to it. Even if it makes me feel uncomfortable, hold on to it long enough for that transcendent third to start to come through. Yes. And another um, tool that I use is affirmations because, because holding on to that can also be a little bit of my Achilles Mm -hmm. heel. I'm going to say you David. are a four um, on the Enneagram. Sorry. But being able to use affirmations because, it, you know, I can own my shadow. We can own those dark parts of ourselves and also simultaneously remind ourselves of our goodness. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a constant, um, that is a constant struggle for me is because I get pulled into, well, this is true. Right. I, you know, I'm a liar. I am, I do have those dark parts of myself. That is true. And I get stuck there. And so by, you know, using affirmations and of course, meditating Mm -hmm. that it, that, that helps to pull me out of it so that I can have hold that opposite. And that is cool to create more is what you did for me on Monday, Mary. It's to have other people who can mirror it to you because I would, I caught myself saying something I was talking about. I was bragging about my kids and, mm. you know, I know that you all think your kids are great, but I'm telling you, my kids are. Oh great. yeah. <laughs> and so I was telling her about it. And then I said, and you know, and I'm saying, I just can't believe it. It's so amazing. It's just incredible. And she was like, well, I'm not surprised. Are you? And I'm like, yeah. And <laughs> I realized the reason why I was surprised is because I, my eyes had a story that was, I am a bad girl from mm-hmm. when I was young. And mm-hmm. so I believed I was bad. And so for someone to be like me, cause Mary said, they're just being like you, that's what they're doing. And I said, no, you know, and then she helped me to see that I was still that story of you're a bad girl, Lydia was still there informing my thoughts. Yes, that is so powerful, Lydia. So the good girl, I am a good girl, got buried at some point. Oh, yeah. And you've been working to excavate her. Yes. But um, Mary, what you said really resonated too. And that is really important to remember that even if I say I'm a liar or that's not my identity. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's better to change our language and say, yeah, I sometimes lie. Mm-hmm. Right. I sometimes do wonderful things. I sometimes, you know, it's all these little pieces. They all make up the whole, but the truth is for me, we are divine. 
on the inside. That's the identity. Yes. So none of this other stuff, good or bad, or what we would classify as good or bad. Yeah. Can override that. And that's what you were pointing to Mayor, when you were talking about getting stuck on, you know, well, this is true about me. This is Mm -hmm. true about me. We, it's really important. If you do want to create more peace and more joy and more embodiment of your experience, it's important not to confuse your shadow with your identity. It is yeah. not, it is, right. it is something that is there, but it is not who you are. And the reason why we feel the fear of going there is because deep down, we think it is our identity. We think that's mm. our true identity is down there. Um, yeah. when it comes to the dark shadow side even though we like yell out no that is not who I am exactly right in our relationships that's not me uh, yeah yeah <laughs> it's a sure sign I know right. <laughs> all about the integration it has to be integrated um and the bright stuff too when it starts to get blown up like I'm the best Broadway star in the entire planet you know like that's get, I'm getting a little inflated I might need to touch base with the balance side of that. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Mary, this has been awesome. I am so grateful to you for coming and talking about shadow work with us. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Oh, I just love it. I love it. And I'm always amazed at all the synchronicities and yes. the way things just come up and come together. Yes. It's powerful. Mary, Can't wait to- find out what we're going to talk about next mary wait we should end with the thing that we like to do sometimes after we've had really long phone conversations um mary and i will sit and go we are really awesome like we are so (laughs) smart we are we're fun oh my god i love that we are so great we are I've seen Mary do that. And I got to tell you, I do that. Uh, it's not because of me, my team here at work. They do, we do that together. I'm like, yeah, man, we're awesome. We just sent out an email, you know, That's or whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it would be one that like, we really carefully edited and thought about and considered. And we're like, we're awesome. Yeah. That was a heck of an email. Yeah. That was that's a heck of an email. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> that's right. It's going to knock their socks <laughs> off that email. Yes, it is. Did you see the salutation on that thing? Yeah. (laughs) It's going to change the world. What about the subject line? I know, the subject line. That's the hardest part, and we killed it. That is. I mean, I (laughs) bet we're going to get so many opens on that one. (laughs) We're probably going to tweet this one. Repost it. I love it. Okay, well, we've we've beaten that one to death, probably. (laughs) (laughs) You have been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.